Welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, wellness and organizational coach and yin and nidra yoga instructor. This podcast will help you create more time using organizational strategies so that you can start to simplify your life and prioritize your health. I'll be sharing conversations with other health and organizational experts and solo episodes with tips to help you simplify your life and prioritize your health. Hi, and welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, and in today's solo episode, I'll be helping you understand the problems with clutter and why you've struggled to declutter in the past and some simple steps to help you get started. So if you're wanting to feel more organized, less overwhelmed from clutter in your home, then this episode will help you get started with decluttering today. Thanks for joining me for today's solo episode. Today, I am talking about clutter in our home and why maybe you've struggled to declutter in the past. And I'm going to share some simple steps to help you get started. What is clutter? Clutter is unnecessary items in your home that are causing stress and also taking up space. So decluttering is the process of removing those unnecessary items from your home. So why do we need to declutter? Generally, it's around safety. If there is maybe a trip hazard or the potential of things falling on you, then we need to remove the excess things that are in your home. Another reason for decluttering is to improve sleep. So your brain likes order and visual clutter just causes overload to your brain. There's so much research out there that shows that organization helps in your workspace or in your home, just helps your brain's ability to process information and also then will lead on to productivity and increase your productivity. Another part is it encourages more nutritional choices. So if you have a nice organized decluttered pantry, you're more likely to make better choices because you can visually see them in front of you rather than just grabbing the first thing that you can see. Health issues are another reason for decluttering. Dust, mold are not good for our health. Another one is it helps reduce decision making. How many times have you gone to a cupboard and you're trying to find something? You know it's there, but you can't exactly remember where you've put it. By actually having less things, having homes for things means that you're not trying to make decisions about things. Where is this going to go or where can I find something? And overall, it's just going to be a neater and therefore a calmer home for everybody who lives there. Let's go back a step and look at stages of change. So stages of change are different stages that we have around making changes in our life. So our first stage is that pre-contemplation stage. It's when you're thinking of decluttering and the words that you'll hear yourself say is, oh, I won't do this just yet or I can't do the decluttering yet because of whatever the reason is. The next stage is contemplation. And this is when you're thinking about decluttering. So you might hear yourself say, oh, I may start looking for someone to help me or I may want to read this or I may look at this podcast and listen for some tips. The next stage after that is the preparation. So you've taken the steps to start. So you're saying, I will be decluttering next weekend my pantry or my wardrobe. So you're actually preparing to start and you're setting those steps in order for yourself to start. Action. So the action stage is you've actually started to declutter. So you'll hear yourself saying or other people saying, I am or I did the 
the pantry on the weekend, you're actually doing it. So it's that I am state. The next one is maintenance. And this is when you're regularly decluttering. So you're saying, I'm still decluttering my pantry. I'm still decluttering the bathroom. I'm still decluttering my linen cupboard. And it's the maintenance stage. And the final stage is the relapse. So you may have slipped back into your old habits of accumulating things in your home. And you could then hear yourself say, I was organized and I was decluttering regularly. And that's when we know that you've done it and it's passed, but now you've uh, gone back and you need to then revisit to get back to your contemplation or preparation stage. So why do people avoid decluttering? Working with clients on a regular basis around decluttering, I hear a lot of these reasons. One, initially is always, I'm too busy, but that generally is in that pre-contemplation stage to even the contemplation stage, but then unsure of where to start. That's when people might be really preparing themselves and going, actually, I'm just not sure where to start, but I actually want some help around this. Especially if there's a lot of things to declutter, then they will feel really overwhelmed and knowing what to do next is really difficult. Emotional attachment to items. So just having that connection to your things from maybe when you were younger, if they're like things from childhood, or maybe even things that you've accumulated later on in life. But there's usually a story behind those items. The next reason people avoid it is procrastination. That personality of putting it off and we know that they're not ready to actually make that decision to start yet. Maybe it's indecisive So, you know, that decision of whether to keep it or whether to let go of it is really difficult. So they just avoid starting it as long as possible. That also might link together with your procrastination. And the final reason is perfectionism. They don't start because they don't want to get it wrong. So they just don't start at all. They have seen those beautiful images on Instagram and Pinterest and want their pantry, for example, to look like that. And they're not sure if it's really going to look like that. So therefore, they just don't start. How do we start then decluttering? Decluttering doesn't have to be a huge task if you break it down. So you need to follow a plan. And I find sharing the load makes such a difference. Like the things that I see my clients move through by having someone there alongside them is amazing and even amazing for them as well. They're quite surprised a couple of months down the track when they look back on where they were and where they've got to. Setting an intention and an intention is creating the plan. What is the goal that you want to achieve? This will guide you through the process. And also, if you're feeling lost and overwhelmed again, you can always return to that intention or that focus of what it is. So a great question to ask yourself is, what's the desired outcome and why? How important is it and how confident are you at achieving that outcome? So when I ask people that, I get them to give me a score between one and 10. If it's how important is it and if it's over seven, then it's likely that they're going to do it as well as how confident. If they're over a seven again and confident in doing it, then this is probably the desired outcome. If it's lower than seven, I usually would say, okay, let's find somewhere else or some other area that we can declare clutter first. So two examples of goals that I generally 
work with clients around is helping children to independently dress themselves. So obviously it has to do with the process of the laundry in the family, or it might have to do with how the clothes are being stored in the bedroom. And the other goal I seem to focus a lot on is encouraging independent play with children. So it generally has to do with their storage of toys, puzzles, games. By having that goal, we can always go back to and see if we're meeting that goal with the plan that we've come up with. The next step would be being aware of any underlying issues. You know, like I said before, why are you avoiding it, the decluttering? Is there some procrastination? Maybe there's some real emotional attachments. Um, Maybe it is time though. Maybe there's not a lot of time to put towards this project. Looking at what could hold them back and their potential obstacles. And by us making a plan or some strategies for those potential obstacles actually helps. So the great question is to ask yourself, are there any obstacles? that might get in our way. A strategy to help, for example, for the procrastination might be to schedule a deadline to declutter. Another obstacle, if it's unsure or you are the overwhelm, is actually employing an organizational coach who can help you move through those decision-making. And the other one is that emotional attachment. So does the item need you still is a question that I use with the actual client. If it's connection, maybe there's some other way that we could meet that connection rather than through a soft toy or another ornament. The next thing is being accountable. So accountability is the best way to stay on track and motivated. And I see that every week with my clients, how much they will do just having that support and that accountability. It's just the easiest way to get things done when you've got someone there helping you. The question you could help yourself is, who could help me to stay on track? Is there someone in my life that could help me stay accountable? So asking a family member, a friend, even sharing your goal on social media and tagging myself at Simply Happy Circle on Instagram or Facebook. Or you can um, use before and after photos. I find that to be hugely motivating for my clients when I share that with them. Look what we've done just in one day here here's the before and here's the after photo. The next thing is scheduling a time to get started. I suggest like two to three hours for a big project like a pantry or a cupboard. But if that's standing too much, then I would start with a really small area like a drawer where there's limited decisions and it's really simple, those decisions of yes and no. Tackling like those bigger areas will help once you've got a little bit of momentum and motivation and you feel ready to make those harder decisions. You can also break it up into the like tasks and time if that's better suited to your schedule. The emotional attachment items I would be leaving till later. Things like, you know, clothes and kids' clothes and toys I find have a lot more emotional attachment to them than something like kitchen objects. So a kitchen drawer may be less emotional for you to do. The next thing is to celebrate the wins. So taking a look at what you've achieved in that particular day or that small 10-minute slot is key to the motivation and momentum for you to keep moving and move on to the bigger tasks that you want to do. Remember, you are decluttering to improve your life and that's just great in itself. So you need to take pride in your work and you deserve it because you've made the decision to do it and you've done all the hard work. So I always use 
when I'm coaching wellness coaching or organizational coaching, use the question, what will you do to celebrate? This is when we're making the plan. They can tell me what it is they're going to do to celebrate those small wins along the way. The last one is to prioritize rest and recharging. Decluttering can be emotionally and physically draining. You're making so many decisions. I know that there's still yes or no decisions are generally yes. Am I going to keep it? No. Am I going to let it go? Is it something that I need? Is it something that I'm going to use? Is it something I'm going to use in the next 12 months or do I still love it? And when we're making those decisions, sometimes it will bring up that emotional connection to things. So it's quite exhausting. For me, it's not emotionally exhausting helping clients to move through that because I'm not making the decision. I'm asking the questions to help them, but I find it really physically draining some days. Some of the jobs that I've done are really exhausting. There's so much moving and sometimes we need to take it to a bigger area to be able to categorize and sort. Listen to your body and when you need to rest, rest. So it's really important to fully charge yourself. Taking time, whatever it is, something that's going to help you feel a little bit more rested and give you the energy to be able to keep on going. You may even need to extend your decluttering deadline or reduce your goal just so that you can look after your own personal health and well-being because that's really number one. Thank you so much for joining me for today's solar episode to help you to start decluttering your home. I hope by sharing the problems with clutter, outlining why you've struggled to declutter in the past and how to get started, you'll be able to schedule a time to get started today. I'd love for you to share with me on Instagram or Facebook at Simply Happy Circle your before and after photos from your next declutter project. Thanks for listening to Simply Happy Conversations. Thank you so much for joining me for today's Simply Happy Conversation. If you'd like to reduce your stress, improve your mood, and support your immune system, then join me for an introduction to yin and nidra yoga. Over five short 10-minute online lessons, you'll start to feel calmer and more rested. Head to simplyhappy.com.au in the resources section and start today. Mm -hmm.